Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. What's going on, Sebastian? First week of Diamonds practice. First week of Diamonds practice. Uh, the uh, the end of the 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 road for the Ducks in the in the regular season or in the postseason. Um, Duck hunting season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, you know we. We have an interview later today with with Justin and I think with Justin Romano from um, from Padua, and uh, he talks a little bit about this as well about just in general the the learning experience of a loss. Um, it, there's a reason why St. Mark's is the reigning state championship in Division Two. Um, there's a reason why why they have the record they do, and then there's a reason why they're as good as they are. Um, and and they're well coached. They have really good players, um, and they play. They just they play well. Uh, they're they're a good team. Um, and sometimes, you know, in a loss like this, it's hard. Um, it's hard to to put in perspective what you know how, how to find the positives in it. And I think the you know two of the big positives is one we made it that far, um, which which was at times depending on. Either the draw or, or the season in general was uh was not necessarily I mean it was in my plans for sure, but not in everyone's plans. Um and I think the second thing you learn is just just to have the experience to have been there. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's uh there's 35 teams in division two. Um, only in the top twelve make the playoffs, and we got past that and we were in the top eight and you know, only eight out of 35 teams have the ability to say that. And um, it, it's, you know, it's, and it's, I think it's beyond the idea of the win and loss. It's more about that process and um, what players will get out of this experience. I think, you know, I mentioned it to the, to the players on, on Wednesday before the game, I said, listen, regardless of the result, you're going to be able to gain an experience that no one else in the school or in this program has that you can then pass on to other players. And I said, you know, for, for those of you that are freshmen or sophomores, this, this, this experience for you is invaluable because, you know, in two or three years, if we're competing for a state championship, you know, um, as well, you'll, you'll know what to say to the, the freshmen, the freshman players that are playing that year in that moment, you'll know what to say because, and, and, you know, we, we have some really, really good juniors in the, in this, in the school and the, in the program, um, and they do a really good job of, of talking to the younger players, but for them, this is just as much as a new experience as it is for everybody else. Um, you know, freshman year, you know, JV schedule playing seven against six, the majority of the five or six games that we played last year, losing in the, in the first round of the playoffs and having a tough, you know, last third of the season in general, um, to this year having, you know, that's where that experience came in from what they learned in the season towards the last third of the season they knew what to expect the juniors knew exactly what what was going to happen the last third of the season and they knew that our schedule got a lot tougher in the last third of the season so it was it was going to be how do you manage that um so what they're going to be able to pass on you know what they you know they their experiences is again like i said it's an invaluable moment to have um i'll always say this i i i want to play well coached teams uh at any time, you know, and I want to play good teams any day of the week. Um, and St. Mark's provided that uh, provided that for us, regardless of the result. Obviously, I wanted to win. Um, never stepped into a game wanting to lose, but 
Uh, I wanted to win the game uh, just like anybody else, but but understood that the the, the lesson um, was you know what what I was going to be able to get out of the experience. I think there's a li- there was a little bit of preparation for me mentally as a coach that went in ahead of time almost. Um, I, I do a lot of thinking the, the day of the game. Um, uh, I, I talk myself through what I'm going to say a, a lot of the time. Um, one of the things I, I prepared for this game more than any other game is I prepared both sides of it. You know, I prepared of like what happens if we win and I prepared myself of what happens if we lose um, and really, really thought about it. Um, so it was emotional. Um, but ultimately, you know, we ended the season um, super positive, su- super positive season um, and just looking forward to next year. You know, I, I made the I made the point to the to the players at the end of the game. We have something going for us that nobody else in the state has um, and no one else in the state. No other team can say this. Uh, only we have the ability to say this. But we're the we're the only team that doesn't lose players. <laughs> that, but that's the reality, right? Like. Like, I'm um, sure. I'm sure there's another school out there that only has like one senior. That's fine, but that's one more senior than we have. <laughs> it, but nobody else. Nobody else can. Say that, right. Like I think no one else has the ability to say that. I. You don't, still, but hey, hold on. You might have a kid that goes to a different school. You lost a player. No, we we do have. We have two players that are that are unfortunately leaving the school. One is a foreign exchange student. One I think is is transferring out of the school, and that is unfortunate. But what I'm saying is, is not losing, you're not losing a four-year, a four-year uh, soccer program player, potentially, right? You're not losing that that leadership experience. You're not losing that. So, you know, what I keep telling the players is, every year we get better, no matter what, we get better every year, um, and and we're still building the culture, right? We're still building those foundations. We're still in that in that learning stage uh, as a team, and I think. The more we can do, the more we can do that for for players to prepare themselves for that. Um, I think the better we'll be. So, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, about the, the ducks, man. Jeez. Huh? What? Enough about the ducks. <laughs> Listen, man, we got a lot of duck fans out there that that want to know about this stuff, man. They want to know my thought process. I don't have a shirt yet, so yeah. I mean, I I've, I've offered you shirts before. You want one? I got one in the trunk. Come on, come you on! Keep grab saying it. that, dude. Keep saying that. Do you, have you asked me when we've been together? Be like, yo, you were, where's my shirt? I'll I let mean, you go dig yeah, in the I, You should imply that I like when I ask for a shirt that you should bring the shirt. All right. I don't know what size you, you say, want. I don't if know. If you man. say, hey, I want a coffee, like I implied to get you a coffee and bring it to you. I don't just leave it in my car. All right, cool, perfect. Well, I want a coffee for uh, for next week's practice. Won't be there. Oh well, uh, see, there you go. Duck in the coffee. Hey, not, <laughs> not coffee. You're gonna this, <laughs> you, you want a coffee at the Philadelphia Union game? <laughs> yeah, man. Stay awake. Late games. Midweek game, man. Midweek, I'm I'm a different animal. Midweek, man. I go Twisted, to sleep early. It's Twisted Tuesday. <laughs> I go to sleep early. Um all right. Well, let's uh let's talk to Justin and uh learn more about um Padua and, and him as a coach in general. Um let's let's talk to Justin. Um, <clears throat> Dwayne, do you, uh, do you know who, who is the, like, who are the two, uh, D1 boys and girls soccer? Like who's a D1 team 
that's won a ton of championships over the last like 10 or 15 years and who's a girls team over the last 10, 15 years has won a lot of championships. And uh, you must be talking about Sally's and uh, Padua, right? Yeah. What What do those two schools have in common? Um, they share a coach. They share multiple coaches, actually. But yeah, uh, they do. Uh, but with us today, uh, Justin Romano, the head coach at uh, at, at Padua on the girls' soccer team and assistant coach at Sally's on the boys' team. Uh, Justin, how's it going? Good. <laughs> oh goodness, I almost just uh, passed out. But uh, um, Justin is probably one of the the people that over the years I've gotten to to spend quite a bit of time on the field with. And I've, uh, and I think our personalities kind of, we, we, we see the world at times the same way. And we, we laugh at the same at times at the same things uh, at times, ironically or sarcastically one way or the other. Uh, but, but just as one of those, those coaches that, that I think um, uh, is, just understands the game so well and is able to to teach it to players extremely well. And I just want to dive deeper into into the why and the how uh, he's he's gotten to that point. Uh, but first of all, let's let's talk about let's talk about the the Padua season so far. Uh, big win yesterday against uh, Polytech. And now, you- uh, yeah, first, I can't take too much credit for Padua. So I just jumped on last year. So of the, I think they have 12 state titles. I don't have too many of them. So um, a lot of hey, credit. For, for, but first <laughs> year, first year, first year as a head coach, you won the, the state championship. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a really fun year last year. Um, sorry about my voice. I'm a little sick and we had a game yesterday. So um screaming at players to. <laughs> a little bit better now but yeah the first year was just a cool year um being new to high school girls soccer sort of um but yeah that that was a fun year and then this year's obviously been pretty fun too we lost seven starters off the championship team so um i think seven or eight so we had a ton of freshmen playing um two really good seniors but um but yeah yesterday this first round of the tournament game is, is usually a little bit a little bit nervy. Um, last year's game and this year's game was actually pretty similar. Uh, we played Smyrna last year and then Polytech this year, two Southern schools. And Smyrna obviously does a fantastic and really hard to deal with. And that game was kind of ho ho hum. Last last year was pretty easy. Uh, the first 60, 70 minutes, and then it was 2 0. And they then they had two two goals. So it was really quick to 2 2. Um, and then this yesterday's game was kind of similar. They scored pretty early. Um but then we went up 3-1, then it got 3-2, then it went 5-2, and it was kind of like, ah, oh, this is going to be easy. But then they scored two quick goals, and um, it was a fun game, fun atmosphere um, for the first round. It kind of taught the freshmen that it's the state tournament, nothing's easy um, for as much as, as it may seem easy. And we played pretty pretty well, um, even though we conceded four goals. We actually played pretty well. So um, we obviously know next round will be the Middletown which will be a completely different task. But um, this year's been fun. We've traveled. We went to Charlotte, played every good team, um, took some some losses, but um, grown a lot, grown, grown tons. Yeah, I can imagine that. That, uh, And I can imagine that the fact that you have you have two experienced seniors on the team uh, with Maddie Moser and, and Lauren Duffy, I think that, that obviously helps probably, right? Especially as you're starting eight new kids that, that hadn't started really before from that championship team. So uh, going into the, those nerves, probably, probably they, their leadership probably helps, right? Uh, they're so good. Um, there's at times where 
Pete Hayes and I, the assistant coach, just look at each other and just like, what are we going to look like next year? Um, they just do so much. Um, they're not only so good, they're such great players, but they lead. Um, they actually made a change, a coaching change. I didn't come to find out until halftime yesterday that that's kind of surprised me. It was a good coaching change, actually. But it was kind of one of those where, um, you know, I've coached them for years, for years and years. So those two and I really see eye, eye to eye here together well. And um, they made a pretty good change, and it really worked out in the second half. So um, it's just fun to have two other coaches out there that kind of grasp what I'm looking to do. And um, we have such a, a good bond between the three of us um, and even the two of them. So I coach on the sideline, but as they know, the state final and the state tournament, um, a lot of times it's so loud that they can't hear. Um, so a lot of times you have two coaches on the field that really, really help. They're they're going to be sorely, sorely missed. Well, and I think that speaks, yes, you've, you've known them for a long time and you've coached them for a long time, but I think that speaks into your impact as a coach. Where does that drive? Because I've seen this before from you where where it's not just about the what, and obviously it's more about the why and the how. Why is that why is that why, like in from a coaching points perspective, like why, you know, why do this, why do that? And explain that to players. Why is that so important? And obviously you're reaping the benefits of teaching that to them when they were, you know, 10, 11, all that stuff. Why is that so important? Yeah, I mean, I think they grasped it's about the process. Um I looked at this year about we were really young. We had a young keeper, a freshman. We had started four of the five in the back line were freshmen, and the other fifth one, she was a sophomore, so it was really young. And so for me, I'm, I'm thinking this is a four-year process of trying to get them to play soccer the correct way. So um, like them, Maddie and Lauren teaching them at 10 years old, it's a process. So um, at 10, we weren't just kicking the ball up the field to try to win games. Um, we took our lumps. We played from the back. We tried to develop all the, the players. Um, and so I think there were certain games this year, St. Mark's specifically, where we built from the back. And we walked into that game. I mean, I walked into that game. No, we were going to probably lose, to be honest with you. Um, but that's okay. Like, it's part of the process of trying to make the players better especially the young ones so um you know st mark's caravel middletown even the first half like we play soccer like we play proper soccer um the tournament's a little bit different like we'll change it if we need to um but i mean the regular season for us is just about development and i think that's i tell people and they look at me it's like i'm funny like i'm the weird one i'm, I'm like yeah we really don't put much emphasis on the regular season because if you if you put all the regular season games and the tournament games and like really tried to win them all, like the girls feel pressure and it's just a lot of weight on their shoulders to feel like they can't make a bad pass or a bad play. I mean, we gave up some of the worst goals this year, like 10-year-old girls goals that we gave up when you're coaching 10-year-old boys or girls. Yeah. And that's okay. Like that's fine. Um, so we gave up on yesterday, to be honest, it was a 10-year-old goal, but that's fine. Like it's part of it. So yeah, I think that's important. Um, you know, we give up goals all the time, and sometimes our reactions are just like, it is what it is. Like, go ahead and make the next play. Like, build. what's your response? You Like, I think the hardest part is when you don't get scored on and then you give up a goal, and it's like, we've never been in this situation, right? But if you give up a bad goal, and when you get to the state tournament time, it's like, all right, we've been in this before. We've faced this before. We know what to do. You start to see that experience. That's huge for kids, and I think... um you know, coaches 
parents and kids, like all three facets have to understand that and and kids development, like goals are going to happen. It's part of soccer, but it's like, what's the response going to be? Yeah. I mean, I laugh at the like standings when you look at like who scored goals for goals against. And it's funny to see some teams like they score so many goals to more goals than us. Then like we concede so many like more goals and like, for me, I get, yeah, like, and then you sell, like, your goalkeeper, defenders, we get this many shutouts, or that, like, the regular season, like, I'm trying to find ways for us to fail. It's pretty simple when you're going to Charlotte and playing, like, a nationally ranked team with girls going to Chapel Hill, like, that's going to be a failure game, but that's fine. Like, I think that having the the proper outlook on failure is, is really crucial. Um, and so we've, we lost four games this year. Um no tournament team, no team has ever won the final and lost four games. Like that's rare. But uh, for us, we, I, I would never say we purposefully lose, but we put them in tough situations where they sometimes fail in that situation. They give up a tough goal. We lose some games that we maybe shouldn't, but in the end, it's going to make them a lot better. And so I, I think having that outlook, um, I think me personally, like having, connections to coach or to kids back when they're six and seven and then trying to see them when they're 18 and trying to have that out outlook on like what do you want them as as an 18 year old that's really crucial um because a lot of coaches don't really have that 10-year outlook and even having kids that i used to coach come back and coach now for us um it's super super cool to kind of have that whole perspective what is the um where do you think the difference is having having coached girls travel soccer for a long time and, and coached a specific age group and a team for such a long time to then coach some of those players in high school? Where's the difference between coaching travel soccer and uh and high school soccer, at least on the girls' side? Um, I mean, high school coaching is so easy. <laughs> it's <laughs> even college coaching and pro coaching, like I don't want to say like the union coach isn't good. Obviously, like college coaches are fantastic, but like as you you coached travel soccer, um, you're coaching like multiple teams. You're going to a tournament and you're like legit coaching 12 games in one weekend. And they're 12 different ages. They're 77 or 99. They're on different fields. One field's got grass this high and one field's turf. And like it's a different problem every game and by the time on it sunday you're like coaching your 12th game you're like mind is fried but you you got to try to get back in the tune of, of things i so i really i love the. i mean i put a lot of like the fact of maybe why i'm so good is that you coach like the younger travel teams and you have to face so many different questions from game to game and then you sprint to a different game you jump into a game and you're trying to sort out who's who um like yesterday's game was pretty simple Polytech had two fantastic players. If you deal with them, you're going to probably do well. They scored three of the four of the five goals or three of their four goals and had an assist on the other goal. Like we didn't defend them as well as we maybe should have. And that like, it was a pretty simple game plan. Um, whereas you're coaching like the nine and 10 year old teams, like your game plan changes every game. And then some game you roll up and your best player is not there. And like, it's so much more complicated. Those, different like travel team years and that's what kind of makes it better like more variables the more times that you have to think and so i really think uh if a coach really really wants to get better coach three travel teams and take them all to a tournament and take tournament. <laughs> it's, it's so hard, it's so, <laughs> so hard. 
I will say that uh Go stress yourself out. <laughs> it is. It's awesome for me though. I will say, I will say uh one of the one of the fun experiences that, that I've had with Justin. Justin and I weren't even in the same state. Uh so regionals, I forget four or five years ago, I forget exactly when it was. Uh so for full disclosure, Justin has triplets. Uh Justin and his wife have triplets. Uh and the triplets were were due the weekend of regionals. Uh so um so my task was uh was basically to upload all the film and make sure that Justin had it overnight so he could talk to uh to Mosier to figure out uh you know, what game plans to make. So it was it, that that was uh that was an enjoyable experience, but I want to kind of go back uh and we'll get to the I do want to talk about the triplets because I think I think that's some one of the things we talk about in general, the idea of parenting and coaching at the same time. But but let's let's go back to that to to where that passion from coaching comes from, where, where did it start? When did it start? And when did you feel like, like, man, this is, cause obviously you have a full-time job outside of that, but you know, what, what, where did that, where did that spark kind of come from? Uh, it's a good question. Um, it started in college. I, um, Ian Hennessy, who was the former Delaware coach. Um, I was at Delaware in 2007. Um, I was set for my senior year. He was coming in new coach, great coach, we were all pumped up and I won't forget it. I tore my knee at Kirkwood in like a men's league, like a week before preseason um, ACL torn. My season was done. Um, and I remember just thinking like, God, this really sucks. Not playing soccer. I'm just dying. Like it was my first real, like legitimate time that I had to miss time. And I, I just, it was painful to watch your best friends be playing and just playing. Um, it was really painful. And I remember just thinking, sitting out like god i can't get away from the game and it's not even just about soccer it's about competition um i just love competing and so i think from that day um i actually was lucky i'd never had surgery on it at tour but for some reason i went in and the doctor said you're good to go back in so like i didn't play that season but i i was able to get back on and play like soccer tennis and just just two simple stuff that I I remember getting back on the field and just being so happy to play, to play the game. And it was pretty much from then on. Um, I remember coaching like my brother's recreational team when he was probably, I don't know, I guess it was 18. He was maybe eight. Um, and then right after college, um, I coached or I called Scott up and said, do you have any soccer teams? And I actually coached our three-year-olds. So Maddie Mosier back when she was three-year-old. So I got 15 years ago now I was her three-year-old coach. Um, so I got 38, 23. Yes. Yeah, so I was right after college. I was her three-year-old coach. So um, I, I did our three-year-olds throughout college. So to roll it out on a Saturday at 9am, not feeling great, but um, doing three-year-olds. And then I, I'm sure I coached some B and C level, not great soccer teams, but just got experience. And so that passion like really began back when I couldn't play. And so now like I really feel for when players get hurt, there's been tons of players getting hurt throughout the high school season, tearing their knees. And it's just, you just feel for them. It sucks. Where I, did you feel like at that point when you started coaching you, cause you, I think you're, you're one of those coaches that, and not every coach is like this, but I feel like you're a student in the game. And I feel like, in, and I know that in, in your teams, you, it's not just about the practices. I've seen you, you know, have them do presentations and and do different different things like that, where they're actually you're having them learn the game. Not just it's not just about how you know playing it, but it's learning the game. And where did that part come from? And and was that you know Scott's influence or or Ian's influence, or or is that just something that you just kind of you learned along the way, you know, through a coaching license and things like that? 
Uh, it's a good question. Probably all of it. I mean, my travel coach, Buj, Bujak, back when I grew up, um, Scott and Ian and tons of my coaches. But I was always really kind of never the best player. Um, I played on a really good travel team and I was I had to really earn my way on. So I think from then on, um, I was like not the fastest, not the biggest um, and kind of had to think my way through the game. And so that's kind of where I think you kind of see in sports like the best coaches are usually the ones who who aren't the best um, when they play like Kerr and the Warriors. And then you see some of like the NBA guys who are try to coach like Larry Bird and uh, they're they're just so gifted that they don't have to use their mind quite as much. So um, I really had to use my mind because I I really wasn't the best player. Um, and so from then on, I just I was always shocked back when I started coaching about how I was like just disappointed that teams just kicked the ball because um, it doesn't make anybody better except the player that's getting the ball and just running the goal and scoring goals. So um, probably pretty early in my coaching career. Um, I wanted to teach everybody, not just the four, not just like kicking it down the field and playing direct. So in that, it makes it harder because everybody's got to play. Everybody's got to be good with the ball and everybody needs to know what's going on. So, um, yeah, getting them to do presentations, trying to get girls to watch soccer is like impossible. Um, but <laughs> we used to have them like they had to have a favorite team and they had to, you know, send me highlights of the games and really anything to make them to become a fan of soccer for life. Um, it's, it's just not a five-year thing, a 10-year thing. Like I really, really want them to, to play when they grow up and even coach, um, especially the girls, there's just not enough coaches, uh, girls that actually coach. So, um, yeah. And then, um, talk about, you know, you got, you have, you have triplets, which, uh, is, is a lot because it's three at the same time <laughs> at the same age. Thank you. Um, yeah. uh, so congratulations to you and your wife, uh, first of all, for, for making it this far with triplets, uh, <laughs> but uh, and still being able to coach. Um, but did that, you know, what was the impact? What was the impact in your life? And, you know, how did it affect potentially your, either the way you approach the game or just coaching in general for you to, to have, to be a father? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think people tell you before you have kids, like you won't under sort them before you actually have them. Yeah. Sorry, I'm <clears throat> my voice is so much. Oh, I think I shut up throat speaking to kids. Thanks, kids. <laughs> kids but like parents. Parents. Parents before I had kids would like you won't grasp until you actually have kids of like what it means and. You know, for years I didn't really grasp that because I didn't have kids. And kind of looking at them like I, I can, I can grasp it. Like, but you know, when they come, it just changes your life. It changes your outlook. Um, the O fives and I kind of joke around now, and they tell me like stories back when they were like eleven and ten years old, back when before I had kids that I used to make a run and I was a bit of a jerk and used to kill him on fitness. And I, to this day, don't remember some of those practices, even Sydney Donovan from Apo jokes and has me like a famous, like time I killed him. And, but ever since I, I had kids, it just gives you a different outlook of like when my kids grow up and play sports, hopefully I don't really care about soccer or lax or whatever. Like you want the coach to just be a role model that they can kind of take, take, take to. And it's not somebody that's screaming at refs and trying to get wins. So um, from the day that they were born, I, I think I, I definitely changed and kind of 
mellowed out and calmed down. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really good friends with some of like the referees now, like I'm not screaming at them. Like I grasped that like their job is hard. And like, if my daughter was refereeing, like, I don't want some parents screaming at them. So like, why, why am I one to yell and scream? So, um, it was a, it was a definitely a game changer even yesterday's game. Like you're thinking like, if, if we lose here today, like, all right, I'm going to go to the beach with my family tomorrow. Like it's not <laughs> the end of, of the world. Um, back before I had kids though, like some of the losses we took and some of the big games, like it, the regional tournament that like yeah. you had to jump in and some of those, the losses just felt like they were like, they were like life shattering. Um, and that was my perspective back then before kids. So um it you just gives that release perspective. Yeah, you didn't have that release when you after that loss. Yeah. I feel I feel that I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> uh, there was, I mean, I drove back the year before you're talking about we lost <laughs> in the semifinals of yeah. regionals in a PK shootout. Lauren Duffy missed the last penalty kick. I mean, is in tears. Um <laughs> I think we're all in tears. I mean, everybody was crying in tears and tears and tears. And I remember driving back. I didn't listen to the radio. I don't think I talked to my wife for multiple days. Like I just drove three hours just distraught. Um, and like looking back now, like, like it's a soccer game, like it's going to happen. Like it's such a good experience for them to have. And even to me too. So, but now if that would happen, like we may lose next Wednesday night, like I'm not going to go driving home, like all upset, like, we're going to give our best and hopefully win, but somebody has to win and somebody's got to lose. Like that's yeah. life. Well, I think the, I think the, the biggest thing, and I notice it too. And and I've had my kids come out to the games and they, you know, they come out after the game and they run on the field and I give them a hug and things like that. And um, I think the cool thing about having kids is that a, they're for the most part, usually if they're in a good mood, they're your biggest cheerleader, right? Like they, they want you to have fun. They want you to like, they get excited. Like my kids are like, did the ducks win? You know, we're excited for this and that. Um, and yes, they, but, and if you tell them they, you know, I, I remember, I remember last year, um, over the summer doing an hour coaching and, um, and my daughter asked me how it went and I told her, you know, we had lost and, you know, it was, a, it was a tough game and, um, her reaction at then as a four-year-old was, well, you just got to go back and play the next game and, and just try to get, just try harder next time. Right. Like, and just that mentality of like, first of all, kids have a short attention span from that standpoint. So like when you get home, like your, your kids are care for about 30 seconds on how it went after that. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's, what are we doing now? Like what, what's next? Like how are we playing and stuff like that? So you, you, you have to have that short memory because you don't have the ability to just sit there and like think about the game and stuff like that. Cause your kids want to play with you. Right. And like, and, um, and I think that's the, I think for me, that was the life, the life-changing moment of like, yeah, my kids care to a certain extent for about 30 seconds, whether I won or lost, what they don't care about is about my crappy attitude if we lost, right? Like they they don't want that. That's not something they're interested in. Um, so I learned I learned right away, kind of like what you said, right? Like just just yeah, you I most I give myself the drive home, and then that's after that I gotta I gotta check out of it and, and flat out like say all right as soon as I walk through that door like you know we're it's 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 over it's done like move on get to the next thing and um where does uh you you touched on this briefly. Um, but I've seen you do this between nine and nine and 15 and 18 year olds across the entire, you know, age range. Why is the technical foundation, uh, so important? Cause I've, I've seen you 
I've seen you basically do activities and coach it basically throughout uh, every age group possible. That that technical foundation, even even with the most experienced players, you still continue to to push on that. But why is that such a big thing for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, a counselor here at Sally, so I talked to freshmen. I actually had a great conversation yesterday with a freshman. He's a baseball player, and we were debating what's harder in baseball and soccer and different sports. And I was like, well, our our country is very, very hand-coordinated. Um, we're great at basketball, great at football, great at baseball. Um, we have produced some awesome goalkeepers for soccer, but somehow we can't produce world-class soccer players. And you know, some people well to play with your feet. It's really hard to be good with your feet. Like it's like not many people are taught at a young age to like, and my wife jokes around with trip, trip, triplets. She had to, I wasn't as good, but I mean, you're holding two kids and then you have a third one down here. Like it's actually, she did a lot with her foot. Like you have to with multiple kids, like, but like, that's not our culture. That's not our, our country is very hand hands-on sports. So, um, that's the, that's the foundation. And that's why soccer's hard. Um, we get we get pushback all the time from eight year olds of like juggling's hard. Yeah, like no does juggling's hard. So is math. <laughs> like one day you you couldn't count to ten. Like there was a day where you couldn't count to ten or you couldn't do A B C. Like it's all hard. Like you, trying to learn's hard. Everything. Um. So just because soccer and juggling's hard, like that may take a little bit more time. But um, I, I think that's that's got to be pushed from a young age. Um, like juggling and trying to get better and. Um, like I even assimilated girls to boys is boys are boys just do more boys, try more boys, see more on TV. Um, boys are doing like rain, rain, rainbows at eight years old. And my question is like, why can't girls do it? So we had a joke at our club this, this year, the first girl in our nine and 10 year old program to do a rainbow, got the water ice for everybody. And, you know, Drew, when you say it, it's like, hold on, a rainbow. That's impossible. Coach. We can't do that. I'm looking over and going, the boys can do it. Like boys are no better than you, the right girls, and they're like, yeah, boys stink. I'm like, yeah. So why can <laughs> boys do it? And you're just think because you're a girl that you can't do it. And of course, you put some pressure on them, and you say, do it, try it. Like it took them two or three weeks. Doom, girl does it. Second girl does it. It's like it's not that hard, but you have to make it fun. You have to maybe put a prize on the end, but um, but they can do it. They can juggle. Um, they can do things. So until you put pressure on them, and one person can do it. Um, it's hard. Um, so I always thought on the best teams, um, they had one or two players that would just push the bar to here. And then everybody else had to get to here. Then they would push it here. Then everybody else would have to get to there. So, um, and just soccer at its core is played with your feet, which is incredibly hard to do. Um, if you're a parent who's never played soccer, go try to juggle or dribble. Yeah. It's really, difficult. it's really hard. So um, that has been the foundation and will be for hundreds of years here to come. Well, I think it's the idea of, you know, can you get kids to be unconsciously competent, right? Like, you know, get that word. (laughs) There's that word. Uh, But that's what it is, right? Like you develop. I remember I was reading a book. um, It's called the sports gene. And uh, one of the things they talk about is remember when uh, Jenny Finch, the, the, the softball pitcher uh, one point took on, um, took on like decided to like pitch against these baseball players and they couldn't they couldn't do it so the part of it was because she's a really good pitcher but at the same time it was because baseball players are (coughs) their their entire career 
is they see the the baseball mount for however many feet away it was, which is further than a softball mount. And it's just so it's a different approach. And even the obviously the, the wind up on softball is different than the than the pitching in baseball. Um, so it's that like you're developing those little small pictures in your head of what it's supposed to look like, right? They did that uh was it Under Armour did that research project on Ronaldo and they put him in a lab and they're sitting there taking uh, crossing the ball at him in corner kicks and they turn the lights off and this guy's still able to hit the ball because he knows exactly where it's gonna land and all these other things like it's because he's processing all these things because he's become unconsciously competent with it. And I think the more you touch a soccer ball, um, the, the better you get at it, right? You develop that skill, like, you know, receiving the ball with the inside of your foot and how do you do this and how do you do that? And how do you pass the ball? And like those small little details that then it's easier on the sideline or on the, on the bleachers to go, shoot it, shoot it, pass it. Why can't you control the ball? Yeah. You go out there and do it. Right. Like um, I remember I do have a, in the I, corner, I, like what? Shooting the corners, guys. Like, what do you think we're trying to do? Shoot it at the goal. Like, we're trying. It's hard. It's not that easy. If it was, then everybody I, would do. I had a teacher once. I had a teacher in high school once. Uh, he didn't understand the grasp of concept of soccer. And he's like, I just don't understand. He's like, that ball seems so small in comparison to the big, how how big the, the, the goal is. And I was like, yeah, but, but you got a person in there who's not only that you also got 21 other people or 18 or 20 other people trying to chase you up and down the field to make sure you don't get to shoot the ball and you're also doing it with your feet like it's not like um uh so i do remember i uh, i remember an indoor session that i that i went to with justin that uh i remember he put a kind of fun restriction you you would get an extra point if you meg somebody like in a 3v3 game or 4v4 forget what it was but like you would get an extra point i thought those little creativity things i think are fun for the players and it, it, it encourages something different, right? Like Megging is a skill. I, I do genuinely think that Megging is a skill. Your ability to make somebody takes coordination precision, your ability to like find the timing for it is, is critical. Um, but it's fun, right? It creates that challenge and it creates that fun competitiveness within the game too. Right. Um, I, I know, you know, if I ever had to coach against you, uh, which I hope I don't really have to do that often, but, but if I do know that, I do know that like, there's things that, um, making sure that like the ball's yours, right? Like if it goes out of bounds, <laughs> you go and pick it up. Like it's your ball regardless, right? Like, would you start, do you, do, is that something that like, it's just that mentality. Do you bring that on from an early age or do you develop that as you, as you go with it? But I do, that was like, that was one of the staples, like the, the idea of like making somebody and like almost recognizing that, like every ball is yours, basically <laughs> goes out of bounds. Just keep picking up like it is yours. I'm assuming that was with the girls team, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. remember, like, I think Dwayne and I went to went to watch, was it Wags or Jeff Cup or something like that? Yeah, it was like Wags. One year and, like, flat out, your player, like, literally kicked the ball out of bounds and she went and grabbed it like it was her throwing. I was like, all right. like You got to play to win. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a little bit of mentality, right? Like, it's a, it's a little bit of a mentality thing, too, right? Yeah, no, that's that's a girls thing too. It's like they're so passive. Um, they're so like rule like oriented. Like I kick it out, it's her ball. Like boys, like they're lying all the time. Like they kick it out, you tell them no, and they're like, no, coach. I'm like, I'm telling you, you kicked it out. And they're like, no, no, I'm like, well, I may miss the call. And they're like, you did. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but like girls are, I mean, I think I I I got this quote years, years ago, and I try to hold to it is you have to treat boys and girls differently. Boys are different than girls. Um, but I try to coach them the same. So I honestly try to coach the girls teams just like boys. So like, why can't girls rainbow ball? 
Like they're, they're, they're no different. Why can't they juggle to 200? They're no different. Um, yes, they may be not as fast and such, but um, that actually makes it sometimes easier to keep the ball because the boys are so fast. It's really difficult to do pass, pass, pass. And you got like one second with girls. If you do pass, 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 you may have five seconds. Um, so, I mean, I, in just in general, the, the girls coaching the younger, like nine and 10 year olds, or they just, they get the ball and they want to pass it. Whereas boys, they get the ball and they want to dribble it. Like, I don't want to pass the ball. It's my ball. Like they're almost too selfish. Um, And so at the younger like groups, I try to make it fun, try to encourage them to take touches and um, dribble because it's so like in life, like we don't want players to just pass the buck off to somebody else. Like here, you take the ball. Like, well, they're probably faced with the same questions as you are. So how about you just try to dribble and escape? So, I mean, do we even dealt with it yesterday? Maddie, Maddie Moser at, half, at halftime came over and she must have dribbled, beat 20 players in the first half, maybe 25. I mean, she was all over the field dribbling and weaving. And she she had a goal and got fouled for, for two PKs. And she was like, do you think that I, I'm dribbling too much? I said, you're not dribbling enough, Maddie. Keep dribbling. I said, like, that's what we need. I said, like, where you dribbles maybe a different. She was dribbling to maybe too far out, but I, and so we were talking about that. But I mean, and the 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 thing for her is she's dribbled since she was eight years old. Like, I don't want her to just pass the ball. Like, dribble, you take it. Um, so that's that's the thing about girls is is trying to to make them less passive and more competitive. Um, whereas like in training, like we'll have them like referee games and they're just so like, they look for throwing the ball goes out. They look to you like, whose ball is it? And like you ref the game. If you think it's your ball, you take it. And if not, I'll jump in. But, um, some of that gamesmanship really only comes with the players that play at that the yeah. level. Um, that's, those are the players that have that gamesmanship because the other clubs and the other teams that they play have it. So Dumas kind of have to bring that. Um, before we, before we wrap up, um, what's you the putting, con- uh, Odessa on your schedule next year? <laughs> Please don't. That's it before we wrap up. Yeah. Let's... No, 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 no. We're getting ready. No, 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 no. You're no, trying no, to fill no, some no, game. No, no. You're you, you, you <laughs> ducking the smoke, man. Um, trying to figure out where we're are going next year. Is there any input? Colorado, Charlotte. I mean, listen, if you, if you, uh, any fun? I listen. I if you need to go to Colorado, we got we got two coaches that yeah. on the podcast a few weeks ago that will happily uh, host you, whether it's uh, in the Fort Collins somewhere in that area or in the Steamboat area. If you're trying to go up, really in the mountains, if you're trying to go up there okay. in the middle of nowhere, to <laughs> yeah, we got we got we got some people that we can we can connect you with for sure. Um, uh, what is the conversation? like the day after a loss, for example, considering that it, both on the boys and on the girls side, you don't experience many losses at the high school level, you know, so what's that conversation like? Because, you know, that <clears throat> you have to prepare them for, you know, for those moments and things like that. So what's the conversation the day after? Uh, it depends. I mean, the regular season, it's almost expected some games um, to be honest with you. Uh, like the Caravan game, how we played that game, like building out of the back, we, I didn't tell the team, but I was texting with another parent of another school and he was trying to convince me to play direct and try to win. I was like, no, we're playing soccer and we're going to probably lose the game. And he was, um, so I mean, certain regular season games, like the girls grasp it, they grasp that this is a process and how we play and trying to build um, from the back is 
is difficult. Um, and that's my point to him. Like if building from the back and playing soccer properly was easy, then everybody would try it. And there's times where even the best teams try and they struggle. So, um, so I mean, the regular season is pretty easy. Like they grasp that this is a whole process. Um, tournaments a little bit different. Um, I've actually haven't had to have here. many of those conversations. I haven't had that any um, <laughs> one. We lost at Sally's, but that was the state final. And that was in penalty kicks in 2020. So we never had a, a wrap up practice on how that went. Um, <laughs> so we actually did discuss it a couple of weeks ago. I, I actually did because, you know, like you're trying to make, maybe prepare them for uh, obviously not taking home the title. And we had a really good conversation of like a half hour of, uh, of, if if this year doesn't go how we want it, like, are you going to be satisfied? So like Lauren Duffy, like you have, are you going to be satisfied? And she's like, no, like, well, you want two titles out of three. Like, is that not good enough for you? And she's like, well, I won't win all of them. I was like, yeah, but so does everybody. So does like yeah. Apo. So does Desiree Smyrna. Like, so does Gabby at the middle town. Like they all want to win. Like just so happen you are hoarding them all. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> If you don't happen to win this year, is that going to be like a life changer? Is that going to change your high school perspective? Like, how are you going to look at it? And it was pretty in interesting thinking and like talking through it of by the time we got through it all, it was like, all right, I'm going to be, I was like, how long will you be like sulking? Is it going to be a day? Is it going to be it was like a couple of days? I was like, all right, that's fair. But then after that, like, you're going to look back and say, I had a great, I had a great career. I won two out of three. And, Last year was awesome at penalty kicks. I was like, so like, let's have some perspective on the situation. Just because, just because you have two of the three or two for two now is like, so just giving them some like perspective, some outlook on in case things don't go well. Um, because they might, they might not 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 go well. It's called sport. Um, yeah. only one team win. Unfortunately, we've me personally been in a case where I I haven't had to address a team after the city tournament and. I don't know, 13 years. So um, we've been pretty blessed. So hopefully we won't have to this year. But if we do, <laughs> then, then we will. Well, uh, Justin, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I feel like you and I have had all these, a, a lot of these conversations just in general throughout and throughout uh, my years of knowing you. And and you're definitely somebody that that I enjoy being around just because I learn. I learn from you. Um, I can sit down and have a conversation. We can sit there and laugh like we, we did at the Allstate meeting the other day. Uh, just the two of us at our own table because nobody wanted to sit with us. Uh, um, and and again, just you know, have a laugh and and have the same point of view on th certain things is is really cool. And um, and you know, I I appreciate what you've done um, for the game, uh, not only in Delaware but just in general. Uh, I think it's it's important. Um, and I think you you know um, you've you've obviously had the the pleasure of, of winning a lot and, and helps. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, we we also know that it's at times this can be a thankless job of like, you know, not you don't always get the recognition that you deserve. But so for for what it's worth, you know, thank you, because uh, thanks definitely made me a better coach. And uh, and you've made a lot of players a lot better before <laughs> throughout the time. So thanks. Appreciate it. All right, Dwayne. Um, you want to run through the state tournament brackets real quick? I know you're not in it anymore, but. We we can absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. All right, let's run through the brackets. You want to start right. with division one or division two? Uh, let's let's go with division one. Division one, a little bit smaller, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit smaller, a little less. Well, just, less teams are there. Now. Less teams, yeah. They just started playing what Wednesday with their yeah. quarterfinals. So only eight teams make it. Um, 
So you have Middletown beating St. George's to move on to the semis. Yep. And then you have Padua with the upset over Polytech. Um, so Middletown and Padua will play on Wednesday at Middletown at six o'clock. Yep. And, and then the Huh? The Padua game was a thriller. Yeah. A lot of goals. And then on the other side, uh you got you got Smyrna beating Del Castle. Yep. Um, and Apo beating uh, Wilmington Charter. Yep. And so Apo and uh, Smyrna will play each other um, uh, next Thursday? No, next Wednesday. Apo, 6 o'clock. Next Wednesday, Apo, 6 o'clock. Man, it's going to be a split gonna be city right there. Middletown's going to be busy. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you don't need there to be was there. No, um, there was no Smyrna, Smyrna-Apo game this year. Uh, so this will be the first time that those two teams play each other, and uh, right. so that'll be that'll be exciting. Um, and the D two uh, side, uh, Archmere. A lot of games, a lot of playoff games. Yeah, it's a lot of games going on. Uh, so Archmere uh, beating Sussex Academy, um, and then they'll take on Caravel, um, uh, who beat Indian River in double overtime uh, in the last couple of minutes of double overtime. One nothing, um, and then on the other side of it, you have DMA. Uh, oh, sorry, DMA lost. Wilmington Friends, um, Wilmington Friends, who beat DMA three nothing, um, and they'll take on um, St. Marks. Um, so, so there's your there's your final final four teams per division. St. Marks must not have lights. They're the only they're the only team playing in a semifinal, not playing at six o'clock. <laughs> playing at four. Playing at four. Yeah. Yeah, they have to. Their field. Listen, that, that field is that field's uh is big. Um, so it's got it's got a lot of width to it. It's a very well, wide field. It would have been interesting if you if Odessa had a higher seed in advance, if you would have played at six o'clock. And then it would have been Middletown, Apo, and Odessa playing at six o'clock all on the same day. Where where's the loyalty? Where does the superintendent go? <laughs> he live streams it all three games from his office uh, he just goes home he just goes home at that point yeah he just goes home and just puts it on the tv yeah that'd be um, funny. yeah that would be the but, only that's the only chance you got right yeah um, i mean and then the finals will be on saturday june 2nd yeah saturday june 2nd isn't that saturday, saturday june 2nd saturday june 2nd no sorry no, june saturday, june, saturday june 3rd saturday june 3rd so is it on the third or is it on the second? It should be it should be Saturday, June third. The finals are on Saturday. Well, the D one tournament says Friday. <laughs> well, it should be it should say Saturday because you can't you got to give teams two days. You can't just give them one day and then have them play a final. So it should be Saturday. I don't know. That, that, that's a that's above my pay grade. Yeah, it should be Saturday. I, um, all right, I have no ties. <laughs> um, all right, uh, player of the match. Player of the match, man. It's not Josie Altador. <laughs> <laughs> did he, he didn't. Did he end up coming he on? Got in. He got, he got in. in. He got in. All right. He got pulled a hemi pressing. Play I mean, explain as the number ten. Oh, okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Who's your player of the match? Uh, player of the match. Okay. Boys, Man City winning the title, coming back, cutting down that lead against uh, that team, uh, Arsenal, 
<laughs> Arsenal. Oh, man. Arsenal losing the title. Oh, Fields is not going to be happy. Oh, uh, uh, man. Shout out to Fields. Yeah. No, shout out to them. Um, come back and winning the title. Shout out to the USA U20s. They look good in the second half they of did, their yeah. match on Monday. Yeah. Maybe Monday. I think they play, play again today, I think. Five o'clock? Yeah. Seven? Um, something Dude. like that. Argentina Dude. plays at five. USA plays Slovakia at two. Oh, at two. So it's two and five o'clock. The games. The last. The last group. Got early. We got that early. Yeah, you guys got the. You know, after after lunch time, after dinner time. Yeah, man. That's the, yeah, yeah. We we've been. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be a party in there. We've been filling stadiums, man. I, I mean, the U.S. isn't filling the stadium. That's for sure. There's a lot of family and friends there. No, there's a lot of people. Like just in general, Argentinians are coming out to a lot of games. Oh yeah. Uh, I would, there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of people at the uh, Iran Iran Tunisia game. I mean, they're probably so, giving away they're probably giving away Iran and Tunisia tickets because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's coming out. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not the World Cup. World Cup. Quick, quick uh, thing, quick thing about. Did you know what's new in the under twenty World Cup? No. So the VAR is the is now any final decision made by VAR. Um, is being broadcasted to the entire stadium. Like the referee, like like basically like American football. Oh the yeah. Referee, yeah. The referee, the referee, yo. The referee is sitting on the PG lost his mind. Um he was trying to make a substitution. I think one of his players was hurt. He was like fourth official, fourth official, fourth official. Hey, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, you're gonna have a conversation or can I make a substitution? I was like, hey, settle down. And he's like do your job. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, oh yeah. Like it's uh Yeah, so uh so there's oh. so, yeah, so now they're they're actually like broadcasting the entire like not the full conversation that's happening with the AR, but the final decision is being is being broadcast. I always said this and I and like I need to just go to the bank and take out a loan. Like HBO or somebody, like one of those networks where you can like stream or you can just watch whatever, you know, like unfiltered should like mic up the players and the coaches and you, you pay for the subscription and you can watch the games on like hbo and then like <laughs> you get the real like you get the real like the real I, I the unfiltered version yeah i want to see a coach go in there and break a clipboard like i want to see those <laughs> things like in all the sports too right like i think obviously football is probably the most like animated but like it'd be basketball cool does it basketball has it like they're mic'd up players are mic'd up during the games yeah but it's filtered heavily <laughs> oh they're, they're you're definitely getting the censored version like i want to see like i want to see the coach go in there and break a clipboard <laughs> but or why do we have to re- why do we have to put it out to be like to be aggressive with it all right i want to see the coach, coach go in there and motivate his team to come back from being there down through there you go right i think that that's a better thing like shouldn't be breaking clipboards there's literally a safe sport like page about that oh, i got video video of a coach throwing a clipboard that's fine, but then that person shouldn't be passing safe sport because that literally says you walk into a cl- locker room and you kick the cooler <laughs> or something like that. Is that the appropriate reaction to have? And the answer is no. Literally, just talked to Justin about it. We literally just talked to Justin about it. Okay, you got it. <laughs> it's just like that's just like the guy that um from the Portuguese team that came in with the moped after they won the title. Is that the appropriate? Re- is that the appropriate reaction <laughs> to give everybody? Carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> um, all right. Player of the match. For you. Who's your player of the match? Josie uh, my, 
No, my player of the match, my player of the match goes to to Emma Funk uh for uh for winning uh second team all state. Uh I think that's a, it's a deserved um it's a deserved um accolade for her. Uh it's a recognition to not only what she's done on the field, but off the field and and what she's done for that team. Um it it sometimes it's it's not quantifiable uh the impact that she has um on on a stat sheet um but but she is she is definitely one of those players that's just a good human being um and in general like you yeah you any you (laughs) i'm gonna laugh as i say this uh but you want her on your team Uh, man listen i'm gonna give my player the match to her brother because he scored a header about two (laughs) weeks ago off a cross and he is not the tallest kid on that team and probably <laughs> one of the shortest kids on the field. And he scored a header on mother on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, on this day in soccer history, uh, May 26, 1999. Um, oh, four years old. Manchester United is in the Champions League final. They're playing Bayern. Uh Six Name minutes. Player that was playing. <laughs> uh, so, um, so Byron Byron goes up six minutes into the game, um, and then uh, um, Teddy Sherenham, um, uh, comes in as a sub, and Ole, uh, Solskjaer, the guy that used to coach at Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. The guy who uh, tried to sell in Erlen Holland for four million. No, 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 no. <laughs> Comes in um and score goals. Uh and um yeah, and then they won. The guy that tried to start, sign Erling Holland for four million pounds and they told him no. Yeah. <laughs> and then fired him. <laughs> yeah, so Manchester United nineteen ninety nine won the Champions League. Um it's I'm kinda I'm kinda disappointed the Champions League. Well, I mean it's because of the World Cup. I understand why. The Champions League final is not this weekend. It's uh, it's next weekend. Oh no, two weeks. Sorry, two weeks. Yeah, they got pushed back. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, usually the Indy Five Hundred weekend. Yeah. Uh, fair play of the week. Um, the Dan Simmons well, Fair Play of the Week award. Um, dude, I just lost my train of thought. Thank All right, well then I'll I'll go. I'll go. go. Yeah, go. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Um, my fair play of the um, week. Um, this week goes out to. To my sister and my wife, uh, both graduating uh, from UD. My sister with her bachelor's, my my wife with her with her EDD. Um, so she was a doctor. She had, we went to the doctor hooding ceremony yesterday. Um, and I think just just in general, um, the fair play week for them is you know my sister came out to a lot of high school games this year, and my wife did as well. And just a support in general over the years, um, especially with my wife over the last four. Uh, four and a half years being in a in a doctorate program while having two young kids and and me with my coaching schedules all over the place um it, just the achievement you know the the effort the sacrifice that both of them made to to achieve their their goals there um just a huge huge thank you and a huge congratulations to to both of them uh who's yours Mine's mine's gonna be uh going out to those boys down south, Route One Sports. Yeah. Words out now. I mean what, you, so, wanna, you wanna you wanna talk about it? 
Uh, we'll we'll get them on and we'll talk about it later. But no, shout out to Route One Sportsman. They're doing a lot of good things down there. Um, so we'll be collaborating in the fall, going into the new season. Um, new websites up, so make sure you check it out. Route One Sports dot org. Um, but a lot of good things coming soon. Good, good stuff. Shout out to those guys working hard behind the scenes. That's right. Good stuff. Got uh, the bag now. Huh? Cat's out the bag now. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Now it's official. It's been a podcast uh, secret for like a month. Yeah. Um, Diamond schedule. Uh, it's out already, but but we'll we'll make it super public this week, and we'll talk about it next week, and we'll we'll dive a little deeper next week into into kind of what the diamonds hold and um where the team season is going to be, and um uh, so but we're a week into practices, and I'm super excited about it. Um, so far three of the three of the coaches have have been out to practice at least once. Uh, All three of them haven't been on the at the field together. <laughs> not together, not together. That'll be a fun time. Uh, and they get a fourth one on Wednesday the seventh. They do get a fourth one, and I'm working on a fifth one too. Uh, I'm working on. If we can get all five of us on the same sideline during a game. Yeah, we might. We, might be we, we may have to look at the the manual and see if we're actually allowed to have that many coaches. Yeah, <laughs> if we are, like, if we can, that would be great. I mean, why not? That would be awesome. I would love it. Cause I, cause I, in that, in that scenario with that many, with that many of that many of us, uh, I'm probably sitting back and, and not, not coaching as much. Yeah. You got the, you got the owner, the technical director and then the coaching staff. Yeah. That, at that point, I'm definitely sitting in a chair. I'm so. sitting in a chair. Anyway, I just got my chair back. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Mike Henning from PA classics for holding my bag that I left on the field. Got it back. There you go. Got your stuff back. Shout out to the coach. I forgot his name. I think his name's like Jake or something. Sean something. For terrible, unlocking the terrible names. Terrible names. Terrible. Oh, dude, I'm also ter- names. terrible names. I like. I tried to be polite and ask him his name. Out, but yeah, I forgot his name already. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. 